Welcome to FBC Loot's weekly sermon podcast. We want to thank you for downloading this week's podcast. To find out more information about our church, please go to lutesfbc.org and look around at all that's happening here on our campus. Our pastor would love to meet you and connect with you. You can email us at tech at lutesfbc.org for more information. Now here's Pastor Scott with this week's message. Today is, uh, we're calling it Harvest Sunday. So we've been in Galatians uh, doing our, our church series, but, but here we are today, we're, we're taking a step out of that during this Galatians series to, to just look at a passage of scripture that is not in Galatians, it's in Jeremiah chapter eight, is where we'll be today. And, and so, but this is a text that has been really just one that's been on my mind over the last several weeks or several months, and it's a text today that, that we're going to be in, we're going to just spend some time in it, but, but I just, this past week, I sent a text message to our staff, and, and I just, let me just read you the text message I, I sent to our staff. It is harvest season, the harvest in the greater Tampa area, Lutes, Lando Lakes, and Wesley Chapel is ready and right for us to share the gospel. We don't want Jeremiah 8.20 to be said or to be the calls, or, or to, to be the case in our ministry areas and within our reach. Our text today is this, Jeremiah 8.20, and it says this. The harvest is past, the summer's ended, and we are not saved. So we're going to be talking about two different harvests here today. We're talking about the harvest that happens in, in the May, April to, to May, April to June, uh, the, the grain harvest. And then we're talking about the fruit harvest that happens during the summer months. And so that is the two harvests that will be mentioned here as we, we study the text here today. And, and, and our, our key question is this. Do you have a rescue story? Do you have a story of being rescued? Do you have a story of God rescuing you? Do you have a story of what God has done in your life, a story of God restoring you, redeeming you? I thought about a movie theater this past week. I thought about going to the movies. My wife and I, we love going to the movies. I used to work at Blockbuster's assistant manager, if you ever want to know that, I did. Yeah. They're not around except for the one out in Washington. Besides that, I, I used to work at, as assistant manager at one. And I loved movies, but I heard this story, and I thought, man, this is so good. And, and so let me share a story with you. It was this movie theater that was hiring ushers to help serve within the, the movie theater. And, and so they, they were taking different applicants, and an applicant came in, and, and they were going to, he did a great job in his interview process, and they were ready to offer him the position, and they asked him one question. They said, in case of a fire, we want to make sure you know what to do and make sure you're going to be okay in, 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 in your ushering process, and this was his response was, he said, don't worry about me, I can get out just fine. <laughs> And that's exactly how many people in today's world respond, right? Hey, I'm okay. <laughs> I'm okay. What would, you, what would we do if Jesus came back tomorrow? There, our, the response would be, oh, don't worry about me. I'll just be fine, right? And, and that, that's just not the case. It's just not the case. It's not the case. 
we are to have a relationship with Jesus and that is what we're gonna be focusing on and talking about today. I have another story too this morning. I, I'm gonna, I was gonna ask how many of you ever got a speaking ticket but I thought maybe that'd be inappropriate or maybe we don't wanna see those hands. But let's just say, I, I would assume no one in here would get one but if you ever got one, uh, then I would, uh, I would wonder, you know, I, I would wonder how you'd respond when the police officer came up to your car and asked for that license registration. And I heard a story of a, of a teenager who was pulled over. They were going 30 miles over the speed limit. The police officer came up to the car and said, you know, let me have your license registration, please. And do you know what you did wrong? And the teenager responded back, well, well, hold on, officer, hold on, hold on. Before I do that, I, I just, I don't want to get my license to you yet. I don't want to do any of that yet. I think you should know this morning before you pulled me over that I, I gave some of my money to a donation, I made a donation to a charity, and I want to make sure you're aware of what I, I did this morning. <laughs> and the officer looked at him, like, okay, and he goes, well, but also, but I also want you to know I also helped an, an an elderly lady across the street with her groceries. And I just, before, you get, before we go any further, I want you to make sure you understand what I did this morning. And the officer looked at him and said, well, why didn't you say that to begin with? You know, you're good. You're no ticket thing. It's all been released. You're ready to go. You're good to go. No, that didn't happen, did it? <laughs> no. Mm -mm. No, see, because two good deeds don't take out one bad deed. We don't live in, in, this, in this world where deeds cancel each other out and like all these good things we do, like then the judge says, well, okay, never mind, don't worry about it, you're good. See, that, that's just not the case at all, right? That's not the case. He doesn't care about which laws you kept. He's still going to book you for the one you broke. No country operates differently than that. Why would you expect God to, to be different than that? Our first point today, our text is 820, but here's our first text, our first point. Harvest time brings hope. Harvest time brings hope. Let me just read the text for us again, and I'm actually going to go back to verse 19, and then we're just going to dive right into this. Behold, this cry of the daughter of my people, from the length and the breadth of the land. Is the Lord not in Zion? Is her king not in her? Why have they provoked me to anger with their carved images and with their foreign idols? And here's verse 20, our key text. The harvest is past, the summer's ended, and we are not saved. This is a text where, where the crops come to life and the crops are, are given a voice and, and Jeremiah, the, the weeping prophet, is talking here and, and as he's writing this text, he's, he's talking to, to, to the people, to God's people. And he goes on this thing of, of, of the carved images. He's just that frustration in verse 19. And then he goes to verse 20. And, and, and in the middle of verse, I mean, just beginning of verse 20, out of nowhere, the crops the, the, just come to light. They have a voice. And, and then their voice is, is the harvest is past. Right? The, the harvest, the, the April to June grain harvest is past. And, and now it's, it's the, the summer, the fruit harvest, and it's the end of summer. And summer has passed. We're not saved. 
what it's saying here is that you've got these, these, these two harvests that's happened, and in this harvest, this crop has gone through these two, and they were never rescued. They were never reaped. They were never rescued. And they're crying out. They're crying out. My prayer is that would never be anyone in this room. That we would ever cry out, that we say, hey, rescue me. I'm, 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 I'm lost, I'm, I'm, I'm hopeless. See, crops should have hope and should have been saved, but they weren't. In this text, they, they weren't. And, and the reason why these, these crops were not saved was because of what's happening in the political environment in Judah. Here's what's happening. There was a, they were desperate. The people were desperate. And it was another year of harvest, and it failed again. And the people were desperate. They were desperate. And so as, as Jeremiah is writing this, he's writing this to, to these people who are desperate. In desperation. Now, I wonder, does it not sound like our own country? Desperate, desperate, people who are desperate, going everywhere they can, trying to, to get rescued. Do we know anyone who is feeling desperate, if going every which way, trying to get fulfilled, but they just continually say, I'm not rescued, I'm not saved, I'm not, I'm not finding answers, I'm not feeling resolved. The crops, the people go on and time keeps elapsing and, and they don't see help coming. They don't see help coming and so they're crying out, rescue me. Isaiah 59.9 says, therefore justice is far from us and righteousness does not overtake us. We hope for light and behold darkness and for brightness we walk in gloom. See, people around us, they need hope. People that we interact with, they need hope. We need to have hope. We need hope, and our hope is Jesus. We need not to just have people <laughs> to hear that they have hope. And we need to not just hear that we have hope, but we actually need to experience hope. <laughs> we need to feel hope. We need to experience it. See, when, when we have hope, then we, we have trust. When we have hope, we cling to something of truth. When we have hope, we desire to walk with God and spend eternity with him. You see, we're waiting for the, for the blessed. We're waiting for the blessed hope that's promised to, promised to us in Titus 2.13, which says, waiting for our blessed hope, the appearing of our glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. See, I, I share this with our worship team at the beginning today, and Jesus, let me just, just listen, to, listen to my whole statement here, okay? Before you, you jump at me here, just, just listen to the whole statement, okay? Jesus didn't come to bring hope. Jesus came to be our hope. See, Jesus came to bring our hope. Jesus, in this, in this moment here, we're in Jeremiah, and then he's promised that the one that's coming and in this text, we're reading about these crops and, and they're crying out, we're not saved. But see, the, the hope that's coming is in Jesus. 
The, the, the hope that we're gonna talk about here in just a few moments, it, it's not just enough to say, hey, you have hope. <laughs> you see, I can say every Sunday, hey, we have hope. Hey, you have hope, you have hope, but that you don't experience the hope until you have a relationship with Jesus Christ. We don't experience it. We don't get to, to live in that until we have experienced the hope that is found in Jesus Christ. Back in 2008, it was a, a famous video came out on YouTube and it was shared by a very, very strong atheist by the name of Penn Jillette. And Penn Jillette was, was sharing a video uh, it, it's his, it was his, at the end of his performance, he went to his, he went to his room and he was just, he was sitting there because he had the experience that happened. And normally he would go on there and he would rant about something, but, but this time he went in there into his dressing room and he was sitting there and he turned on the video and he just started talking. And I don't know if you've ever seen this, this before or not, but let me just share with you the scene because there's something he says at the end of it that I want to share with you today. He, he said that, that, that he was at this performance and he asked someone in the crowd to come up on stage and they had already set up what that's gonna look like and whoever gives that uh, is part of that performance. At the end, they come and meet him and he autographs the things that he, the act and all that stuff that was part of it. And so he's sharing that and all that. He said, this man was a good man. He said it 15 times. The man's a good man. This man was a good man. This man was a good man. And he said, at, we were there and I gave him the props from the set that he was part of. And he gave me a Bible and he, he told me, hey, I, I want you to, to, to read this and get back to me. He, put, he goes, he put his information in it, everything. He said, get back to me on it. And he kept saying, hey, this is a good man, this is a good man. And he said, look, hey, I'm an atheist, but if you believe something that strongly, then I, I'm okay with you sharing the gospel with me. And with others. If you believe that's really true, then share the gospel. Share that with other people. And then he made this statement I want to share with you right now. He said, if an 18-wheeler is coming towards someone, wouldn't you jump in and save someone if you could or if you had the cure or the solution? A very strong atheist <laughs> gave a strong statement. If, if we know that at the end of the road is heaven or hell, and that's it. We know that for a fact. That, I mean, that's, that's it. it. It's either it's heaven or hell. That is all that our choices are at the end. And the only way to heaven is through Jesus Christ. And we know that, that day is coming. We don't know when. It could be tomorrow. It could be 15 years from now. We don't know. But we know the day is coming when we're going to stand in front of the judge. And if you have a cure, if you have the solution, and it's that have a relationship with Jesus Christ, would you not share that with everyone? You would share that. And that, as Pendulite shares that, I think it's important for us to realize that. See, my prayer is that we would see a revival, that we would see a great awakening. I have not been shy about sharing that with you. That is my desire as your pastor, is that the greater Tampa area will experience the gospel message. Amen. That, that people will come into a relationship with him. That people won't be Jeremiah 8.20 saying, we're not saved. You didn't rescue me, you didn't tell me. My prayer is that everyone knows 
and hears the name of Jesus and has opportunity to receive Jesus Christ. And my prayer is that we as a church will get on fire and share the gospel message with everyone. Share the hope is found in Jesus Christ alone. I love music, you know that. I shared lyrics last week with you from a song. And this Sunday I'm gonna share another lyric from another song. (laughs) It's The Great Awakening. It's sung by a band called Leland. But it's, it's originally... Lawrence Trimble wrote this poem in the 1700s. And they turned it into a song. It's been multiple artists have now turned it into a song. Hillsong has just done it uh, back in 2017. But, but it's, this song came out about 10 to 12 years ago. And let me just read the poem that was written by Lawrence Trimble. One man, awake, one man awakes, wakens another. Second one wakes his next door brother. Three awake can rouse a town and turn the whole place upside down. Many awake will call such a fuss. It'll finally wake all of us. One man wakes with dawn in his eyes. Surely then it multiplies. Surely then it multiplies. Lawrence Trimble is writing this poem in the midst of a great awakening that happened. He's writing this as he is seeing that, that one man gave his life to the Lord and then, and then a second and then a third and next you know, everything is turned upside down. Church, that's my prayer. That's my desire for Lutz. That's my desire for Tampa is that one man awakes and wakens another. The second one awakes his next door brother. Three awake can rouse the town of Lutz. And then turn this place upside down. That's my prayer. Amen. Many awake will cause such a fuss. Church, this morning is Harvest Sunday. This is a chance for for us to just share the gospel message. It's a chance for us to, to get excited and say, hey, I need to tell my neighbor. I need to tell people about Jesus. Because that is where our salvation is found. That is where our hope is found. That's where, that's where we're found. That's where identity is found in. And I want people to know Jesus, not know of him, but to know him in a relationship with him. Which leads me to my second point. The harvest needs saving. The, the harvest needs saving. We love a great story, in particular, a great love story from a Hallmark people out there. Right? We, we, love, we love this moment where, where they live happily ever after. We love that. We're drawn to movies and TV shows, even music, because we love the story, the, the story that comes out of what happens. We're drawn into stories. We love a good story. We love a good movie. We love a good book. And Jeremiah writes these words with such strong emotions. And it comes out when the harvest is needing to be saved. See, Jeremiah is watching his people reject God again and again and again. He's writing this because they constantly are rejecting God. They're constantly rejecting the way of God. And his response in this story is he's, he's got anger. He has anger. He has sadness. He's anguish over a world that is dying and going to hell. 
And we watch the same thing in our culture today, don't we? Where, where we get so frustrated, we wish, hey, I wish, I wish so-and-so would give their life to the Lord, and, and our heart breaks because we want people to, we want our neighbors and family members and coworkers to have a relationship with Jesus. And we have a harvest all around us that needs to be saved. So the harvest needs saving. How can we lead or help the harvest to be saved? Here's three ways. We pray. We pray for them. We, we pray that, that they'll have a relationship. We pray their heart will soften. We'll pray that the gospel message will penetrate to their heart. Secondly, we, we, we proclaim only way to heaven is Jesus Christ. There's one way, one way, no other way. There's one way to heaven. And we help the harvest to see they need to be saved. We, we allow them to see, we, we help them to see that, that, that they need, because of their sin and our sin, that we are in need of salvation. We're needing to be rescued. We're needing to be saved. Hebrews 10, 26, for if we go on sinning deliberately after receiving the knowledge of the truth, there no longer remains a sacrifice for our sins. Luke 10, 16, the one who hears you hears me. And the one who rejects you rejects me. The one who rejects me rejects him who sent me. So in this text, the, the harvest needs to be rescued. The harvest needs to be saved. Here's my question for you this morning, church. Have you been saved? Have you been rescued? See, in this text, the, the crops are crying out, Harvest is past, summer is past, we are not saved. They've heard the gospel, they've heard the way, they keep rejecting it again and again and again. And Jeremiah is frustrated at it. But church, this morning I want you to know that I want you to know that, that Jesus is ready and willing and ready for you to have a relationship with him. The only way the harvest is saved or gets saved is through Jesus Christ. The harvest can know the Bible, the harvest can know of Jesus, but never have a relationship with him. Do many good deeds, but never know Jesus. Never have salvation or put their faith and trust in Jesus. Salvation is only in Jesus. Do we know him? Do we know him? Have you been saved? Which leads me to my third and final point. The harvest is today. The harvest is today. I want us to have an honest conversation for just a few moments here. See, today is gonna be a big day. Today is a big day for our church, whether you're online or you're joining us in person today. Today is a big day. See, harvest time is coming. Harvest time is coming. It's, it's here. We don't know when Jesus is coming back, but we know that in 1 Thessalonians 4, we know that he's coming back. It makes it clear that he's coming back. Let me just, let me just read. Let me read the text for us from 20 to 22. Let me, just, let me read this for us. The harvest is past, summer has ended, and we are not saved. All right, Pastor, I've heard that. I get it. Okay, just keep reading. For the wound of the daughter of my people is my heart wounded. I mourn, and dismay has taken hold on me. Now, verse 22. 
is there no bill, bomb, sorry, is there no bomb in Gilead? Is there no bomb in Gilead? Is there no physician there? Why then has the health of the daughter of my people not been restored? Jeremiah is writing this. The weeping prophet is weeping over the people. And he's saying, is there no bomb in Gilead? Is there no bomb in Gilead? Is there no physician there? Is there no rescue coming? Yes, the bomb in Gilead is Jesus. The physician is the great physician, Jesus Christ. See, the harvest is today, and the reason I say that is because, church, this is the reason we have Harvest Sunday today is this, is that I want every person to know Jesus. I want every person to have an opportunity to to receive and make Jesus the Lord of their life. I asked throughout my sermon, do you know Jesus? Do, Do you know him? Do you have a relationship with him? The reason I ask that is because I don't want another day to go by without someone knowing Jesus. Because I know that that a life without Jesus is hopeless. A, A life without Jesus makes us fill our life with different voids that we can never really fulfill until we find Jesus. I know that a life without Jesus is is a life that is dark. And I don't know your story, I don't know your past. But I know that there's a savior who doesn't say clean up your life and then come to me. No, he says come just as you are. Bring everything, I want it all. Church, the summer's ending. Summer's ending. Do you know Jesus? Do you have a relationship with him? I don't, it doesn't matter your age. It doesn't matter your story. Today's the day of salvation. Today's the day. Don't let another day go by without making Jesus the Lord of your life. Jeremiah 8.20 has caused me to lose sleep at night. Because I don't want that to be said of anyone. I don't want that to be said of, of anyone in our church. I want to be said of no one in Lutz or Tampa. I don't want anyone to cry out at the end and then and Jesus comes back and they stand before the judge and they said, we're not saved. I missed my opportunity. Today's the day. Today is the day. Today is the day of salvation. Jesus is calling us home today. Jesus is calling us to salvation today. I don't want us to be like that usher at the movie theater. (laughs) No, I'm good. I, I can get myself out of here. I'm good. No, we need Jesus. The only way out of here is Jesus. The only way out of, of, of this life of darkness, the, the, of a life with, with a lost identity, the only way out of, of, of this insanity of these old ways again and again is Jesus. I don't want anyone to live like the, the teenager who got a speeding ticket and says, hey, I've done all these good deeds, I'm good. No, I want us to know 
and hear it clearly, the only way for us to be saved is Jesus. So my question again for you this morning, I'm wrapping up. Here's my closing question. Do you know Jesus? If not, will you give your life to Jesus today? Will you give your life to him today? Will you say, hey, I wanna be rescued, I wanna be saved. Let today be the day of salvation for you. Let me pray for us, church. As I, as I start to pray for us here in just this moment, I want you to close your eyes and just in this moment, I, I want you just to, to ask yourself this question. Do I have a relationship with Jesus Christ? Do I know him? Not, not do I know of him, but do I know him? Do I have a relationship with him? On the day when you stand before the judge, is, is, are you gonna say to him, I've been saved. You rescued me. Or will you be like these crops in Jeremiah 8.20? And you'll say, the harvest is past. Summer's ended. I'm not saved. Church, this morning, is your eyes closed? If you're saying, hey, I've never given my life to Jesus for the first time. I've never done that. I wanna do that today. I wanna give my life to Jesus right now in this moment. No one's looking, just me. Just me as your pastor. I'm the only one who will look at you at this moment. If you say, hey, hey I, today, I wanna give my life to Jesus. Like today, this is the day. I play the games. I've done everything. I've, I thought I could figure it out myself. I thought I knew the way, but I need Jesus to save me today. If there's anyone in this room today, I want you just to slip your hand up and slip your hand up so I can see you. Okay. Thank you. Church, we may pray. Lord, I thank you right now. Lord, I pray right now, Lord, over. I pray now, Lord, over this room right now, Lord. Lord, I pray right now, Lord, if you're speaking to someone's heart right now, Lord, you're calling them into salvation. Lord, I pray right now, Lord, may they come and talk to me down here at this altar. Lord, don't let anyone leave this room today, Lord, without giving their life to you, Lord. Lord, you're speaking to someone in this room right now, Lord. I pray, Lord, may they not leave here, Lord, until you have, have just had them speak to someone, Lord. Lord, today is the day of salvation. I pray, Lord, may you rescue. May you rescue your people today. May you bring people into salvation here today. Lord, I pray, Lord, as we go this moment of invitation, Lord, as I stand down front, Lord, I pray, if someone is ready, if someone's wanting to give their life to you right now today, Lord, I pray they come down and talk to me. Lord, I pray now, Lord, that, that maybe we have given our life to the Lord and there's, we need to come down and just the altar and pray for our neighbors, to come down and pray for our family members. For them to give their life. Lord, the first step is, Lord, we gotta pray. We gotta pray, Lord, that their hearts soften so that they can hear the gospel message. Lord, you're speaking to people in this room today. Lord, I pray right now, Lord, in this moment, 
May your people respond faithfully right now. May we respond faithfully right now, Jesus. Amen. Hey, thank you for joining us. If God is speaking to you and you want to respond to today's message, please message us at tech, T-E-C-H, at lutefbc.org. Hey, also follow us on Facebook and our podcast. Hope you have a great week.